being part of tonight. My name is Paul, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and um, love Good Friday um, for a bunch of reasons. Um, one is that it's nothing commercial about it. They don't have um, baskets for Good Friday, and they don't have stockings that you hang for Good Friday. This one belongs to us, and all the depth of meaning that it could possibly have. This is a time to look at what God has really, really done. We pause for that. Um, we put up in front across um, behind me in a tree in front of me. Um, you probably expected the cross. The tree may be a surprise to you, and, and we're going to spend a few moments talking about both. Um, now, there is a similarity between um, both of these. Both are um, made of wood. Both stand upright. Um, but they kind of, at that point in time, seem to lose their similarity. Actually, they don't. Um, there's a whole lot more that's going on um, with a cross and with a tree. Um, there's a lot more that they have in common. Both entail and deal with God and man and a whole lot of people impacted by both of these, forever impacted by both of these. And in fact, I think the deepest truths of Scripture can kind of be symbolized and kind of be looked at um, in terms of a cross and a tree. And tonight, um, I want you to really feel it, and I hope you do. The Bible in Genesis talks about trees. Um, talks about how God created them and God made them and and then it talks about early on in Genesis one tree in particular um, the Bible says the Lord God warned Adam or warned him you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you eat its fruit you're sure to die and Adam saw that it was a beautiful tree not like this and there's symbolism and why we chose this particular um, dead thing. Um, but the tree in the garden was beautiful uh, because God made it that way. But God, Adam saw it as being beautiful because it had an opportunity for him to be in charge. And somehow in that sin nature or that sin possibility that was there, the idea that he could become like God was tempting to him. Eve was tempted as well. It says she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her. He ate it too. Now, God's promises are always sure. They're always true. And so the Bible would say in Genesis 5, Adam lived 930 years, and then he what? And then he died. Um, remember, it said, if you take of the tree, you'll die. The Bible says when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. And, and it, 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 sometimes you're reading the Bible, and you come to a bunch of names, and it has who they were born to, and then, and then it talks about how many years they lived, and then they, what? And they died. And we sometimes kind of skip over that, 
but I want us to understand the significance of that statement. They died. It's because of what Adam did. The Bible says Seth lived 912 years and then he died. Enosh lived 905 years and then he died. Kenan lived 910 years and then he died. Mahalalel lived 895 years and then he died. Jared lived 962 years and then he died. And the significance is not the number of years they lived. The significance is that they all what? They all died. So the Bible would say this, therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. See that? Through one man. God promised it. If you eat of this, you'll die and death's going to come. And death did. It came to all. It came through one man. One. And because of this stupid tree and because of that stupid Adam, through one man came death. And death came to all. And that means death will come, should the Lord tarry, will come to you and will come to me because of one man. And, and if you think that we misread that or misinterpreted what it was talking about, the Bible says this, many died by the sin of one man. It says in, in Romans 5, Adam's sin led to condemnation. It says for the sin of this one man, Adam caused death to rule over many. Adam's one sin, it says, brings condemnation for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. And, and, and what it's saying is because Adam blew it. Adam blew it. We have a broken world, and you may have a broken life, and that's because of Adam's sin. And you may have grown up in a broken family, and you may have a broken marriage, and it comes down to Adam's one sin. And the deeds that were done in darkness, either to you or the deeds that are done in darkness by you, are because of Adam's one sin. It hit us all. It affects us all. And, and, and i got to say, it's not like I do much better, and it's not like you do much better either. I'm sometimes asked, how long do you think it took for Adam to sin? It's like, I don't know, you know? I think the real question is, how long would it take me to sin if it were me? And I'm thinking five or ten minutes, you know? And then, and then the Bible would say this, for the wages of sin is, and we know this verse, the wages of sin is death. We deserve death. It all started at a tree. And, and so universal is, is the sin. It's not just for a few, it's everybody. Um, we've asked some to read about that sin and some passages on sin, not just in English, but in different languages, because sin affects us all. And I'm going to invite our readers to come up right now and read. Well, I like things to be fair, you know. I think things should be fair. I think that if someone brings donuts for half the class, I think the whole class should get donuts. That's just fair. That's just right. I think if, if, if a person did wrong, they should get 
punished. I think that's the way it should be. Fair is fair. I like fairness. The Bible says when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And, and something smacks of not being fair here, you know? I mean, wait a second. Adam screwed up, not me. So how come I have to pay for it? How does that work? It was Adam's mistake, not mine. How come I'm under the curse of death? How come I've got a sin nature? How come I, I can't do right even though I want to do right? That's not what? It's not fair. It's not, it's not fair. So I sin because Adam did, so I die because Adam screwed up. And what I'm finding here is a principle that I'm not sure I'm liking. Because one man did something, I get the results. Because he did something... I get the results. He did something and I gotta live with it. And I'm not sure right now that that's fair. But understand there's something happening behind it all. That God who is the author of life and the creator of the universe and understands the beginning from the end, whose ways are way higher than my ways, was doing something. Something's beginning to happen here. And that crazy question comes up again, Paul. Would you have done much better? Would you really have done much better than Adam? Adam held out how long? A few days? I hold out a few minutes, maybe. Um, I don't think I could have done what Adam did as far as holding out that long. And even when God has given me so much, so much, I still don't do better. I still don't. And so I could say, yeah, Adam, I was with you in your sin. I really, really was there, and I really, really was with you. Let's shift our attention from, from that to this, if we could. Um, move it from a tree now to the cross. Um, it's also wood it also stands upright um, it also deals with one man doesn't it um, not Adam but of course who it deals with Jesus and now look at that statement that I didn't like a moment ago because one man did something I get the results and you know that statement that I don't like very much, I think, wait a second. Maybe, just maybe. Because God did something. In the Garden of Eden, God set a precedent. And if you don't know what a precedent is, it's like a pattern. It's like if he did it once, he could do it again. It's like kids, if your mom let you stay up till 11 o'clock to watch a movie once, guess what? A precedent has been set, and you can ask her to let you do it again. If it happened once, maybe it can happen again. And, and if it happened for bad, if it happened for so much bad, could it maybe happen for, for good? Do you understand where this is going? 
If one man's action could result in bad, could then another man's action result in good? If one man's act could bring death to everybody, well, a precedent was set. Then one man's act can bring what? Life to everybody. It's like, like now you know, you know, and now you can see it. That which started on a tree was repeated only differently this time on a cross. Those verses I read talking about what Adam did, it's a marvelous passage of scripture because it will talk about what Adam did, the one man, what he did because of that. And then it'll counteract, it'll counterpunch and say, but here is what another man did, Jesus Christ. It says this, Many died by the sin of one man. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus. Adam's one man's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Back and forth and back and forth. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. And it's, I, I think of that, and I think, oh my gosh, what a God. What a Savior. What a plan. What a, I would have not have thought of that. What started at a tree ends where? Ends at a cross. What starts at a tree ends at a cross. On Easter Sunday, in two days, we'll look at the phrase that Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. And I'm going to ask the question to the people and to all of us that are there. What's finished? Um, that which was broken by Adam is finished. It's finished. It's over. It's done. It's complete. It's, 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 it's over. It's all over. It was paid for. What started at a tree ends at a cross. And that's why the Bible says this, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Before that we are in Adam. Without Jesus we are in Adam. And there's all kinds of condemnation for us in Adam. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And what Jesus had to go through, every sin that was committed from Adam's to yours, God's wrath and anger was focused and poured out on Jesus. Someone has to pay for that sin. Someone did. And that was Jesus. God's wrath and anger against all sin, all sin, everyone's sin, Every sin of thought, act, deed, anything. Jesus felt the shame and the entire separateness of God 
You know, when you feel guilty a little bit, when you feel ashamed of the sin that you've done, just even for a little thing, Jesus felt it all magnified by 10 billion. And he died on a cross. Why? Because I sinned. I sinned. I want to do something a little bit different tonight. Um, we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper, and you'll have a chance to do that. And, and we're going to play music like we normally do, and you'll have a chance to leave your seat and come to the front like you normally do. But here's where it's going to get a little bit different. Um, up here, we only have the cups, just the cup. And, and, and um, when you come forward, what I want you to do is I want you to think of the Savior and what he did for you, what Jesus did. And why he had to do it. Not because he sinned. Because he didn't sin. Because you sinned. You sinned. It was your sin that put him there. It was your sin that caused him to shed his blood. And, and you'll take the cup. And, and when you go to the cross. And, and see how beautiful it is. This is silk. Um, beautiful white silk. When, when you take your cup, I want you to come to the cross. And that cup which symbolizes your sin, what I want you to do is I want you to throw it on the, on the fabric. I want you to throw it, toss it, pour it. And you're going to say, well, it's going to stain it. Of course it's going to stain it. Because that's what we did. We stained of course it will stain because your sin put him there. And, th and then in the back wall, kind of around the perimeter um, of, the, of the room, there are more cups back there, and then there's the bread. And, and after you've tossed or splashed or poured your cup on this, go back and take the elements and come back and have a seat. Um, and then we'll be taking in a few moments... This will take a few moments. It will. Um, make these moments count. Okay? Make the moments count. Um, as you sit there, um, as you consider what he did, think through it was your sin that placed him there. My sin. And as you hold the cup, as you come, remember, think, think through what he did for you. Make these moments count. Make this a time to fully grasp and understand what Jesus did for you. Lord Jesus, um, we call you Lord because you are our Savior and our God. What we do now, we do because we remember what you did for us. May we understand the depth of your suffering because you loved us. And through your sacrifice, through your death, you were able to take all our sins and make us right before God. And we love you for it. Amen. About tonight, we...
didn't know how this would play out, you know, tossing the juice on the thing, and um, it kind of got real, you know. Um, where I sit, I could see the the drips coming down, and it um, reminded me so much of what happened on Good Friday so many years ago. And that was really his blood done out of the sacrifice of love for you and me and for our sins. Um, we didn't realize it would dribble down onto the fabric below and and then dribble even onto the carpet. Uh, we have people here that are fastidious about stains on the carpet and this will stain but I want these to stay as a reminder that he did this for us. On the night he was betrayed at Jesus, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body. I'm giving this for you. Do this. Remember me. And the cup you're holding symbolizes his blood. Jesus said, take this, remember what I'm doing for you. Let's take.